All right, fellas, what's up? Welcome back. You are listening to an episode of Saturday Morning Coffee. Today we're going to kick back a little bit. We're going to relax. We're going to talk about my grandfather, some of the things that he's taught me and some of the words of wisdom he's given me over the years and what it looks like to shape your own future. And that's a little bit different than most of our podcasts here on the Gird Up Podcast because usually we listen to interviews and we'll put interviews up every Monday and Thursday, but on Saturday mornings we take a step back and I talk about my own personal journey in masculinity and manhood and uh, share some wisdom that I've gleaned over the years. So kick back this morning, go grab a good cup of coffee, and let's get started talking about masculinity and manhood. Hello and welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. The call to gird up is an ancient way of telling a man to prepare himself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers, brothers in Christ, working hard to become the men that God has called us to be. I am your host, Charlie Ungemach. I'm a teacher, a coach, music director, and a man of God, myself working toward the goal of, like David, being a man after God's own heart. We're happy you could join us. Now it's time to roll up our sleeves, to gird up, and become the men that God has created us to be. All right, fellas, as we jump in this morning, I want to talk about my grandfather. Now, I have talked about a grandfather before on this podcast, but that was a different grandfather. I was talking about my grandpa. I want to talk about my grandpa on my mom's side. This man is just a wonderful man. He's one of the most influential people in my life. Uh, He's just awesome. My grandpa's awesome. Um, For a long time, uh, when, so from the time he was very young up until fairly recently, he owned a John Deere dealership. That was his lifelong vocation, was owning a John Deere dealership. He was down in southeastern Wisconsin, and we didn't live over there. So as a kid, um, that was the way I knew my grandpa. He's the John Deere dealer. And I, oh man, I had so many tractors. I loved tractors because my grandpa loved tractors. I, I had a full farm table set up, like I could do a full harvest cycle and I could plant and had all the different pieces of equipment that you'd need to run an actual farm in toy form so that I could farm on my own. And I would farm in the flower beds, I would farm in the sandbox, I would farm in my bedroom. I actually had a little table. It was an old science table that had felt on top of it. It was my farm table where I could do all my farming. And I had a barn and I had animals and I had a little miniature John Deere dealership made out of plastic that looked just like the John Deere dealership that my grandfather owned. It was so cool. And the only reason I really loved tractors, I think, was because my grandpa loved tractors so much and I looked up to my grandpa so much. And so then as a kid, as I started to get older, I always dreamed about how cool it would be to go out and live with them for a while and work for them. Like you read these books as kids about the boy going off to work for his grandfather on the ranch and he learns how to do yada, 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 and he turns into a man, you know? And I dreamed about that. I thought that would be the coolest thing in the world. And so then when we, I was in middle school and we moved, I got to do that. I got to go work for my grandpa and for my uncle who owned the John Deere dealership. And I was just such a great opportunity when it all came together and it actually happened. Uh, so in high school, I, I got to actually work for family and work for my grandpa and my uncle. Um, I loved the work. It was hard work. They, they expected a lot of us. They worked us hard. Um, but I, I loved the work. I loved the sweat. Uh, I took pride in getting dirty, sometimes a little took it to the extreme, but I took pride 
in coming home and being dirty and my clothes being dirty. It showed that I had worked hard, that I had earned my keep. Uh, I was proud of the calluses on my hands and the, the tough, leathery, sunburnt, tan skin. Um, I had so many friends that would just be pale at the end of the summer because I spent the whole summer playing video games. I was out and I was working and I earned it. And uh, I still take pride in that. I still, frankly, I wish some days that I was still out there working hard with my hands. I took pride in uh, the the product of my labor too. I took pride in being able to drive past the shop and then later when I was a landscaper to be able to drive past the job we had done and say, I did that. I helped with that project. I planted those trees. I graded that driveway. You know, I, I did that work. You can see the work that I've done. There's just something special about that that I really, really always enjoyed. I think the silliest thing about it, though, was I took such incredible pride in all the scuffs and scars on my boots. Like, I would shine them up and I would polish them, but I made sure I never covered up the scuffs and scratches so that everybody could see the marks on my boots. And frankly, I still have a pair of boots that I, I wear, and uh, they, I don't get them cleaned as often as I should just because they start to look new again, and I don't want to be that guy walking around wearing new boots. I earned those boots. I worked in those boots. I want everybody to know it. It's, it's a pride thing. It's silly, but it's true. Those years working for my family, they taught me how to work. They taught me to take pride in my product and to do the little things right. And that's something you got to learn if you're going to be a man. My grandpa also loves to fish, though. And so I remember the days that we weren't working, we spent a lot of time on a boat. And we were fishing um, with him and my dad, especially. I remember as a kid when we'd go on vacation to go visit him, just fishing and fishing and fishing. And uh, especially this time of year when it's starting to get warm, but it's not quite fishing season yet. It's, I mean, it's a dull ache kind of all winter long. I wish I was fishing. I wish I was fishing. But it gets to this time of year, and it's just like this longing desire to go spend some time out in nature, out on the lake. I need to do more of that this year. That's one of my goals. Hold me to that. I got to get out there on the lake and go fishing. But I loved every minute of fishing, and I can't wait every year to get out there and spend more time with my grandfather out in nature with a line in the water fishing. My grandpa, to me, has always been just the quintessential modern gentleman. He's well-dressed. He's well-spoken. He's well-read. He's very educated. He's built himself a fortune by pouring his blood, sweat, and tears into a business that he loved. Uh, he's tough. He's strong, both mentally and he is very strong physically. He's He's emotional, not in a weird way, just like he's not afraid to show his emotion. He's not ex afraid to express it. He tells awesome stories. <laughs> he always, always drove a big black truck when I was a kid, and uh, he gave the best Christmas presents, and he always gave even better advice. So I could ask him anything, and he was ready and willing to give me advice, and his advice has never failed me. My grandfather has said a lot of important things to me over the years. He said a lot of cool stuff. I shared a lot of wisdom, but some of my favorite things that he's ever said have started with the words, you know what a guy ought to do, or you know what a guy ought to have, <laughs> and I knew if he was going to say that, there was about to be a gem, it was about to be a gem, he was about to say something very important or something I would remember for quite a while. Some of my favorites are some of the most memorable, uh, you know what a guy ought to do, is go pay Mrs. So-and-so a visit, so I did. You know what a guy ought to do, is tell the truth, so people can trust him. Point taking, Grandpa. I'll tell the truth. You know what a guy ought to do? Put the worm on the hook so that the fish won't bite it off? All right. And now that I got to buy my own worms, I appreciate that one a little more. You know what a guy ought to do? 
is cut away from himself when he's using a knife. <laughs> you know what a guy ought to do is pay off a debt before you accrue more debt. Before you borrow, you better pay off what you owe. Or uh, you know what a guy ought to do is be polite to everybody, especially when they're hard to get along with. My favorite one, though, the best one I ever heard, you know what a guy ought to have is two dishwashers right next to each other. So you take the dishes out of one, you eat, and then you put the dirty dishes into the other dishwasher. So every time one dishwasher is empty, you run the other one. And you never have to wash any dishes or unload a dishwasher. I like that one. I'm going to do that someday. But my grandfather, he's just a genius. He's, he's a brilliant man because he knows exactly who he is and he knows exactly who he wants to be. He has a clear vision for the man he's becoming, even though he's in his 70s and he's growing older and older. And again, even in his 70s, actually, I think he's 80 now. Even though he's 80 years old, he's still pushing to grow and to become the man he wants to be, which I respect so much. I think there's a lesson there that we all ought to learn. You got to figure out the man you want to be. Consider the man you want to become. Who are you going to be? And when you figure out the guy you want to be, when you figure out who the man is that you want to become, go do that. (laughs) Go do what that man would do. If you want to be in the man you want to be is in better shape than you are right now, go hit the gym and start eating right. If the man you want to be is a better husband, then pay more attention to your wife. Spend some time with her and show show her how much you appreciate her. Treat her better. If the man you know you ought to be has more patience and doesn't yell at his children, then first of all, start taking deep breaths and find some coping mechanisms so you don't yell at your kids all the time and find some patience. Treat your children the way the man you ought to be would treat them. Maybe you believe, and I believe, that a real man doesn't carry debt with him. Well, you better start paying off those debts. If you want to be a well-educated and well-read man, you better pick up a book and start reading. Do the things you know the man you want to be would do, and you will set yourself on that path towards noble manhood, towards the manhood that you want to pursue. You also got to understand that taking the first step isn't it. You can't take the first step and expect to get all the way there. You got to realize that just because you're taking the first step doesn't mean you're suddenly going to be tomorrow the man you wanted to be. It's going to take a long time. It's a process. Somebody told me once that motivation gets you going, but discipline over time with consistency is what actually gets you to your goal. You can only be so motivated. Motivation will only get you so far. Eventually, it's going to get hard and you're not going to be motivated anymore. But if you're disciplined enough to see it through, you will realize the future that you are looking forward to. You will finally meet those goals if you can be disciplined and consistent over time. For us as men right now, particularly as Christian men, the bar is just set so low. There's we got to be pushing to be better men. We've got to be pushing to be greater men. And we got to take that vision of masculinity and manhood that we love so much and we got to pursue it. Go out there and be the man you know you ought to be or the man you know you want to be or the man the world needs. And if you're disciplined and consistent over time, you will become that man because you're putting in the effort to be so. Okay? So today, that's my encouragement to you. Figure out who you want to be. Figure out the man you want to become. And then take some back steps. Say, what would that man do? What would that man say? How would that man act? And start doing the things that that man would do. And you'll get there. You'll become the man you know you ought to become.
So gird up and become a man you know you ought to be. Thanks for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, you can find more episodes like this on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, the podcast app, and Pippa. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at Time to Gird Up. You can find us on Facebook at the Gird Up Podcast. Or if you want to email me, you can email me at Coach Ungemach, that's U N G E M A C H, at gmail.com. Please leave a five-star rating and review on this podcast on iTunes. The more four- and five-star ratings we receive, the more people we will reach on iTunes because iTunes will boost us more. Thank you to Seth Palmeyer for our podcast art. And thank you to you, the listener, because without you, this podcast would not be possible. So with that, I encourage you to go out, man up, gird up, and become the men that God has created us to be. Have a good one.